This is Aaron May. I'm John Henry Forster, and this is Awkward Silence. Silences. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Awkward Silences. Today, we're here with Dave Chen, the Director of Consumer Insights at Flip. We're going to talk about market research and surveys and how those aspects of research can actually be really useful to insights and product teams and entire organizations and what that sort of looks like. So Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Aaron, for having me. We got JH here too. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like market research maybe has a little bit of a stigma on it in the user research world. So I'm, I'm super curious to hear how, how it can be part of the story and, and help out. Fantastic. So Dave, you lead an insights team that includes customer experience, aka CX, uh, UX research, aka UXR, we love our acronyms, and market research. So just to kind of start off, how do you think about the role of each of those in the context of you know, a larger insights team? Yeah, for sure. So for CX, the way that I think about it, CX breaks down to two parts, right? Like I think what people are most familiar with is the operational side of it. So this is where like, you know, the troubleshooting, the responding to tickets, the queue management, that's half of the battle. And then the other half um, on the CX side is uh, what we're calling internal education and product influence. And this, in my mind, is the true value of the CX, uh, which is how do we take the, the feedback that we get from the users uh, through all kinds of feedback channels? Uh, so, you know, social, in-apps, uh, feedback forms, apps or reviews, and then aggregate that into themes and then surface that to product leaders in the organization. And so to me, that's an insights play. Is leveraging the data. So CX to me is, a, is an intake channel. So leveraging the data, finding ways to analyze and synthesize the data and then drive actionable uh, results by partnering with internal stakeholders. So that's how I think about CX. And then, so on, on, on the research side, I have two smaller teams, as you said, Aaron. So I have the UX research team. And the, the idea here is, is really about how do we, uh, through conversations with users, and it could be non-users in some cases, depending on the project, how do we understand them better at the human level? So the bottom line here is to drive the empathy piece, is really understanding the user or not user through conversation and not data, not numbers. Where, and this is where it makes UXR unique in a sense where you can invite stakeholders to these conversations, right? So they can experience and hear some of these pain points or opportunities firsthand. And then lastly, the market research side. So market research, I, I do agree with your intro there that it does carry a lot of connotation and can, or stigma rather, and, and we can talk through that for sure. The way that we think about market research, especially relative to UXR, is it's about leveraging a higher sample size to build confidence through more structured uh, data collection methods. And typically this, this means higher sample, but also allows you the opportunity to dive into specific cohorts through you know, data cuts, analyses, and whatnot. So, so the way that I kind of, I talk to internally with my stakeholders around how you think about UXR versus market research is UXR is about making your heart smart, is how do you drive empathy through conversation? And market research is about making your head smart. So it's how do you drive confidence in, in the, the answer or the objective that you're seeking through numbers and data and, and more so on the quantitative side of it. 
Yeah. So if, if CX is sort of like you say, it's intake. So like in our you know UX research tools map we put out, we kind of break research into passive or active, right? So like, is it coming in or am I launching a study, right? And so that's passive. And then if we say like UXR and market research are maybe more active and so is it, are you saying like UXR is basically qualitative and market research is quantitative or is that too simplistic? I don't think it's overly simplistic. I think that's the way that we think about it uh, at Flip. And a part of this is with the kind of like the people on my team where their core skill sets lie. So the, the UX researchers on my team, they are like by training, a lot of them are like anthropologists or they've done a lot of their things in, the, in their past life in, you know, qualitative research agencies. So they know how to execute a, a lot of these qualitative research methods really well, you know, be it, you know, one-on-one user interviews or shop alongs or ethnographic types of work. And they're skilled at uh, interpreting qualitative information. This is where I think UXR is more of an art um, than science, if you will, because it's not something that you, you know, you like learn a certificate or like do a course and all of a sudden you become like a UXR uh, guru. It, you have to do a lot of this through practice and, and there's a lot of feel to it. Right. But I think in comparison, market research can be trained. I mean, both you, you require a lot of training, but market research tend to be more rigid and structured. A lot of methods that falls under what you would consider a traditional market research study tend to be more rigid in structure. And I would say that's where where some of the stigma comes from is it tends to be you know a little bit more rigid, a little bit more slow. It tends to follow a specific flow and it's less flexible compared to um, I guess a UXR research methodology or like a qualitative research methodology. And, and so because you have so both teams sit under you. So when something that needs research comes up, is it coming to you for intake and then you decide which team market research or UXR is best suited to take it? Or do those teams collaborate together and decide how we should go about learning, you know, about this problem area or this opportunity? Like, what does that flow look like for you all? Yeah, so it's more the latter. Uh, I mean, the, the team has evolved quite a bit. When I first joined Flip, I was the very first researcher. Like I was joke, I say like I'm patient zero and I built a team. Although that might be a, a, t- a touchy me- metaphor to use now, uh, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, you don't um, want to be patient zero anymore. <laughs> but right now I have, I have a very sizable team and I have different leaders and managers um, uh, that, are, that are dedicated to each functional vertical uh, and work with, their, with the functional leaders. So, for example, the UX researcher are mostly dedicated and embedded in the product design and product org. So then when the product leaders have a question, they would go to the UX researchers more directly on those questions. And he would then be responsible to figure out the right methodologies to use, whether it's quantitative or qualitative. If it requires more of you know, a market research team's help, this is where I think there's the benefit of having one insights leader that brings the team together to talk about you know, high level insights or research strategy at a regular basis where we'd be able to have that collaboration across uh, different members on the, on the insights team to say, you know, like we're going to be executing some, you know, one-on-one user interviews to get a sense of how few users feel about this particular prototype, for example. But it would be cool to execute a quantitative survey to understand, you know, at scale how people 
you know, might feel about specific aspects of this prototype, or even at a higher level, you know, more maybe of a more generative, broad, overarching types of questions that can support kind of like the story or the finding uh, from the USR side. That makes sense. When I hear market research, I do just think surveys. Like, it just seems like I'm going to take a long, maybe boring survey because some, you know, it landed in my inbox. I assume there's a lot more to it than that. And I think you touched on some of the, you mentioned, alluded to some methodologies earlier, like how do you all think of that part? Like what, when you're conducting the market research, how are you actually going about it? Yeah, so I, I would agree with you. I think when people hear uh, market research is, they think their surveys and they think focus group. I think those are like the two most common methodologies that people tend to associate market research with. So I, I will say that surveys, it's still today, the, the most cost-efficient way uh, to gather data, at least from a research perspective, in terms of scale, just because the delivery mechanism is easy to facilitate. But to your point, it's not the only one. One of the things that we do at Flip, in addition to what you would consider, quote-unquote, the traditional sense of market research, where like you're talking to people in the market, in the general population, is we also manage an insights community. So the insights community is only flip users so we recruit them through multiple channels and we incentivize them to participate in the community on a regular basis and then we would put out what we call engagement activities out to the community so then they can help answer questions that we have whether it's you know product related questions or it could be you know like a creative thing that we're thinking of and then within the community we do surveys yes for the most part but we also have other engagement tactics like forms where we would, you know, put a topic out to the community and we would we would work with the community members to, you know, get them to engage in the forum, ultimately addressing a question that organization has. So that to me is also market research. It may not be what, you know, people think the traditional sense of, you know, general population research, but it is about understanding the shopper or your customer at the end of the day. That makes sense. And how big are is that community? Like, I'd imagine... Again, for market research, I'm going to just go to all my preconceived notions. I assume it, I always think like volumes, you need a lot of people. So is that a very large community or do you think about the context you do with them a little bit differently? And when you're talking to just the general users in a market, that's where you really focus on volume and and scale. Yeah, there is a volume piece attached to it for sure, John. So our insights community is about 15,000 people um, and we divide it roughly in half between the US and Canada as we, we do operate in both markets and there are unique nuances in both markets that we need to gather insights from. So we do we do shoot for volume here. What's unique about the insights community is because these people are, they voluntarily to participate in these communities. So their engagement level on the community is higher than what you would typically see in like a general populations panel or like a, if you were to you know, work with a, a third party vendor to recruit to recruit for general population sample because they like they're intrinsically motivated to you know participate in these studies because they're they feel passionate about the product they want to give feedback so there's a volume piece but we also leverage community for uh, uxr recruitment too because once you recruit these people into the community they already satisfy a certain criteria right like we already know they're all flip users so for example for one-on-one user interviews we don't necessarily have to go out to recruit for Flippy users. Again, we can look for people inside the community because they are already Flippy users and we know they can give us valuable feedback on the product. Cool. 
So we talked about some methods outside of focus groups and surveys, the kind of stalwart methods folks associate with um, market research. So let's let's further establish the stereotype. Let's talk about surveys and uh, focus groups. So, you know, we see a lot of folks running focus groups at user interviews. They're definitely still a thing. And, and in fact, participants, we see a lot of participants sign up coming, you know, say through search, looking to participate in focus groups. It's definitely a method people are aware of, but that I think that there's probably a good amount of, you know, misconception about. So I'm just curious, is that something you all are running a lot of focus groups or have you found, you know, kind of cases where they're very effective for your needs? Yeah. So I'll be transparent enough for and say we personally don't do any focus group or much focus group at all. There are benefits to the focus group. So for example, I think it is a decently effective way to get, you know, anywhere between six to 12 people in a room and get them to react to an idea. And you can design, like if we have an effective moderator, you can design an activity to engage the group to, you know, to provide opinions and feedback on the, the stimuli or the prototype that you're thinking or the topic. I do personally believe that the downside of the focus group tend to outweigh the benefit and where I think like one-on-one user interviews or even surveys might be a better form. So, for example, I think focus groups, you tend to get the louder voice in the room to dominate the conversation. And I've seen this a lot, like in my past experience, what I worked in, you know, in the CPG world, CPG tend to do a lot of focus groups. So what happens is you get 10 people in the room, the, the one or two people that are more opinionated tend to speak up more. And then over time, the, the quieter people tend to share a way of providing their opinions. So the, the voice in the room tend to skew. So that's one piece. I think the other piece is, is you need very seasoned and experienced moderators to manage the room well. And that's, that's not an easy thing to do. And I haven't come across a ton of really good moderators can really manage the room as effectively. And if not done well, you can lose control of the room. And you put the um, kind of like the study or the project at, at risk because you can't manage the conversation. So those are, I think the downside potentially outweigh the, the benefit, which I think like one-on-one user interviews, for example, versus one-on-one conversations in general tend to be a better, a better route to go. Yeah. And then the other surveys, you definitely, it sounds like are using surveys. Can you tell us a little bit about how surveys fit into your toolkit? Yeah. So surveys, it also has its cons for sure, but I mean, in addition to, in terms of benefits, in addition to being more for more effective in, in, in terms of achieving scale, it just, it's fast, right? You can, the turnaround is much quicker. Qualitative methods tend to be more labor intensive. So one piece, the other piece is you need experts. People who have done this really well can manage whether the room or the one-on-one user in your form that are very skilled at doing and having these conversations with the respondent. Surveys, you can do a lot of this stuff offline and you can get alignment very quickly and a lot of eyes on the on the on the on the questions or the design of the survey or the flow. And you can iterate on it. If one survey doesn't work, it doesn't take a ton of effort to put out another survey to learn on the topic further. And you also have a lot of flexibility on the back end after the fact to dive into you know, different cohorts and data um, to you know, look at the specific segments uh, within the study to better understand their behavior and deep dive. 
So that's how we've been, we think about surveys. So we, the way that we kind of try to leverage all of these different methods is triangulation, is no one single method is going to give you the silver bullet solution. You have to be able to come at it through all sides to kind of leverage the different data points. And this includes analytics and data science, uh, by the way, although I don't manage the function, but we do very closely with, with the teams to be able to you know, triangulate the data um, to tell the full story. All right, a quick awkward interruption here. It's fun to talk about user research, but you know what's really fun is doing user research, and we want to help you with that. We want to help you so much that we have created a special place. It's called userinterviews.com slash awkward for you to get your first three participants free. We all know we should be talking to users more, so we went ahead and removed as many barriers as possible. It's going to be easy. It's going to be quick. You're going to love it. So get over there and check it out. And then when you're done with that, go on over to your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, since like you're you know overseeing this consumer insights group and you have these three areas, just like what is the most recent thing insights related that the CX, UXR, and market research teams have worked on? Like if you were going to like just look back quickly, could you just give a snapshot of like what each group has been up to in recent examples? Yeah, so, so one example is we've been working on, without getting into too specific detail, uh, some innovation in, lo- in a local market. We've identified an opportunity where we can we can speed up the innovation in a specific local geo where we feel like there's enough traction that we can test some further out ideas in that local market. So the way the workflow that we've done is we first leverage the market research team to just put a feeler out around, you know, what are some of the bigger problem spaces that are out there from a shopping perspective? So think like the jobs to be done types of work we've done some mm-hmm. quantitative assessment in the market to say you know we've identified these opportunities these are white spaces we feel these jobs are currently underserved and there's a potential opportunity for us to close the gap by offering solution abc so then we take that insight and we went back to the you know the product team product design team we worked on some prototypes and then we engage the UX research team to say, can we just put these out in front of some users in that local GL to get a sense of, are we on the right track? And this is like, you know, your, your typical Figma or Envision prototype that are semi-working in a sterile environment. But the point is just to understand, are we on the right track? So we've done a few, you know, facilitated, but also unfacilitated user interviews or user tests just to get a sense of. What are some of the things that are working? What are some of the feedback that we're hearing from the users based on these prototypes? How can we iterate on these um, to to make them better? And then we take that feedback back, we work with a product engine team, and we we ship some features. um, And we actually designed a a different environment altogether for those shoppers in that local geo. And we put the stuff out in market to one, get A-B test results. And this is where we partner closely with analytics and data science team to, you know, actually monitor product engagement data and, you know, retention, engagement, uh, content open rate. So those types of things to see um, Mm -hmm. are the features and the product uh, uh, resonating with, with our users. But also our CX team are able to closely monitor the feedback uh, of the users in that local geo. 
So then if something comes back through the CS channel and we have seen some of the feedback uh, from the users, we would then be able to pass that feedback back to, to the product team to say, you know, we tested this in research, but maybe we missed the mark here. And this is how we close the loop, if you will, in that like end-to-end uh, user experience or user uh, insights gathering um, so that we can take all that feedback back to the product team and we can iterate further on it. That's like a, that's a, that's a very recent example. Yeah, and just to make sure I'm understanding that. So is it pretty common that the CX, UXR, and market research teams are all kind of helping your understanding of one area simultaneously? And they're all and they're all just coming at it from different angles and like I think you mentioned before, triangulating on it. Or is are there cases where you know the CX team is in, is exploring this area and getting insights and, and they're kind of doing their own thing? Are they always working in unison or sometimes do they go off and, and gather insights in different areas? There's definitely instances where they're working in unison, but it's like to your point, it's not all the time. Um, okay. and I will say like not all initiatives and projects require uh, re- all of the research effort or all of the CX effort all the time. Sometimes, for example, like you hear one specific area on an existing product feature through a ton of CX feedback, and that's enough. We don't need to do any more research to you know learn how people feel about it because we are getting tons and tons of CX feedback on this particular area, and we would have enough you know data and evidence to pass back to the product team to say, you know, we need to fix this. Yeah. You know, something we talk about a lot on the UXR side is kind of packaging your insights in a way that will be, you know, seen, understood, cared about, right, by your stakeholders. And I'm curious, you know, especially with such a large, potentially, you know, large volume of insight coming in across these three functions, have you thought about, you know, how to synthesize them across CX, UXR, and market research? And particularly on the market research side, I'm curious, you know, how do you package large volumes of kind of quantitative data in a way that I don't know if you have, you know, resistant stakeholders that are like, eh, market research, I don't know about this stuff. But have you been able to, you know, think about how do you present these insights and findings across the three functions in a way that is you know, well understood and ultimately acted upon by your stakeholders? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the things that we we continue to work on, even to this day, as we, you know, work with the stakeholders and adapt to, you know, their comfort level, their knowledge level when it comes to, you know, uh, user data uh, or, or customer data. I would say when I first joined the organization, we, we tend to do, or we, we used to do a lot of like the data dump. And I don't know how common this is across kind of like the, your, your other, the other people you interview, interview or other research teams. I think there's tend to be a perception is like more is better. Or is we want to give people all the data that they can sift through. But to your point, I think a lot of it is how do we figure out the best way to package it, to tell the story in a way that it resonates. So we certainly scaled that significantly back now to we reserve a lot of the data for our own teams and for people who are like tend to want to get into the details. But for you know our product leaders, our exec team especially, we certainly put in a lot of effort trying to tell the story by triangulating the data from all sides. So for example, if it's about a, a specific feature that we need to reinvent on shopping lists, then we will pull out that specific data point 
on shopping list from the market research study. But then we will also try to accompany that data with you know, CX feedback as well as UX research feedback, just to provide you know that verbatim and that user sentiment around how the feature can be further improved so that it's not just the quantitative data. Because the quantitative data can only give you the what, but it doesn't tell you as much the how and the why. And this is where like the CX feedback and the UX research, the qualitative feedback can can provide a lot of the, the additional firepower here. Do you find that when you're presenting stuff from the different methodologies and things you've sh- and you're sharing, do stakeholders, are they able to kind of weave it all together? Or do some people like fixate on one type or the other of somebody who's like, I just want to hear from users or show me the numbers. I want to see what the trends are. Like, do people actually take it all in or is it each stakeholder kind of like fixates on, on different results from different methodologies? There's definitely a lot of that. I think there's a lot of like people, certain people will gravitate towards certain types of feedback. I think some people really love the qualitative verbatim feedback and they tend to take that away and forget that, you know, 80% of people said this, but they're like, they, they, the one thing that one person said really resonated. So we certainly try to balance that and try to cater the top track to, to the stakeholder, but also keeping, helping them keep perspective that, you know, if it's an issue that impacts a large amount of users, that we have to we have to take a step back and not get fixated on like the one thing that one person said about this other thing um, about our product. I think it's, it's a lot of it is the ebbs and flows in the conversation is about stakeholder management, is about understanding your stakeholder and build that report and finding ways to make sure the story actually lands and, and resonates. And I will say like. We can't do this ourselves. Like researchers and research team or insights professional can only do so much. And this is where you have a rally of support within the organization too. You know, either through product design leaders who tend to be sometimes our closest allies or, you know, through analytics or even like some of our product leaders. Like we have, I work with product leaders in organizations that are very user-centric and they are savvy in the data. They understand the difference between quantitative and qualitative data. And it, it helps a lot to have their support to be able to, you know, stand behind our insights and, you know, help with the conversation and help manage the conversation in, in partnership with my team. Yeah, as you talk about this, I really, I feel like these cross-functional insights teams are really going to take over as how companies organize their insights. It just makes so much sense to to start from the perspective of, What's our question? You know, what's any person in the company's question and how are we going to answer it? And, you know, the how we're going to answer it part is going to have a lot of potential methods, you know, that might be involved. And so being able to bring that all together just makes so much sense. You know, you talked about, you know, market research being kind of having an edge over data science or analytics in that it's literally designed to ask a specific question, which I think is really interesting. You know, it's one of the things that comes up with analytics where it's like, there's all this data everywhere. And maybe the answer to your question is somewhere, but you, you're trying to sort of find it from data you're already collecting versus let's proactively go out and answer this question. And maybe market research is our best tool to do that. And I think, um, it's kind of cool to open up market research as a tool for people to answer questions. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how we're, we're certainly trying to steer the sh- where we're trying to steer the ship is to educate our internal stakeholders less about on the solution itself is to push them on thinking about like, what is the question that you think you want to get answered? 
what ultimately is the objective. And then really it's up to, you know, the insights leaders, the researchers, and then same thing with, you know, partner with analytics and data science leaders to figure out, you know, this is the best method or methods uh, that we can leverage to help address those questions. And then leave it to us. You have to trust our expertise that we're going to get you the answer versus, you know, the stakeholders dictating, you know, I want to do a survey to answer question ABC. I, th- I think I agree with you, Aaron, that I think that's, this is where the trend uh, is going. And certainly this is the, the effort that we're trying to, uh, this, is the, the, this is what we're trying to do within the Flip organization. Thanks for listening to Awkward Silences, brought to you by User Interviews. Theme music by Fragile Gang. Editing and sound production by Carrie Boyd.